0: This is the Winnipeg Crime Stoppers podcast. See something, say something.
1: Winnipeg Crime Stoppers.
0: A podcast where we discuss crime prevention, awareness, our community involvement, those who are wanted, and unsolved crimes. My name is Shalinda Kirby, and I'll be your host...
1: So my name is Max Waddell, I'm an inspector with the Winnipeg Police Service, and I am just completing my 29th year. I spent pretty much the first 10 years in uniform operations, Uh, I did a lot of field training, which means you take a junior officer under your wing and you take them out and teach them the way of the world, Uh, then I spent some time in investigations, I also spent time in administrative portion of the service, I was the executive assistant to the chief of police for two years. I've been promoted four times. I got my first promotion at 12 years, and then I became an inspector at 20 years. So that was a busy eight years there. Uh, I was a staff sergeant, of you know, street crime, canine, and our tactical support unit. And then I got promoted to inspector, and then I was an organized crime a total amount of time of about 10 years. So that's been my, my big commitment to the service, you know, overseeing our guns and gangs unit, drug enforcement, uh, organized crime, uh, clandestine lab. Uh, all the undercover officers, training, all that type of stuff. And then now I'm out in uniform operations in West District.
0: That's Inspector Max Waddell with the Winnipeg Police Service, who joins us on this episode to talk about property crime. First off, what does a typical day look like for you?
1: So my day begins at 7 a.m. I will log on to my computer and there will be a whole host of information that I will review before we have an executive meeting every day at 8.30. So there is a report, it's called our overnight report that tells us all of the uh, great things or not so great things that have happened overnight. And the ones that happened in my area, West District, which incidentally is 46% of the city of Winnipeg. So West District is massive. Uh, I am expected to speak to those topics, whether there's certain incidents of uh, of crime or just other significant matters that have occurred. And then it's really just a normal day of you know, monitoring the 165 plus resources I have here, monitoring budgets, uh, putting proactive projects in place, such as project reclaim, uh, and just really meeting the community's needs. Like the buck stops at me in West District. So everything kind of flows through me, I have to sign off on a lot of documents, reports. uh, And I'm the, I'm the liaison to the chief's office to deliver messages and really just make sure things are flowing smoothly out here in this in this area.
0: Now, let's talk about Project Reclaim.
1: Well, really, Project Reclaim is in response to an age-old problem of crime, particularly property crime, occurring in the River Heights neighborhoods. Uh, For whatever reason, my entire policing career, it's been known that there's been higher than average or normal property crime in that geographical area. Uh, It's situated close to... Uh, Wellington Crescent which has the two bridges which takes us to downtown and the, and the north end of the city and we find uh, unfortunately there's a lot of individuals who who come from that part of, of the city they come into River Heights or are committing these crimes and then they're going they're going back it is really again in response to an increased level of crime this year again and and I'm just a big believer that you know the police cannot solve all of the crime on our own we need to engage the community. And that's what I truly believe that by engaging the community, by getting them on board, by making the right call, as we, we like to say it uh, by calling the police, by doing that written report online and just working with us, we can hopefully reduce the crime that's going on in those neighborhoods.
0: Violent and property crime across Winnipeg rose as pandemic restrictions eased in the early part of last year compared to previous years in March of 2022, the Winnipeg Police Service saw nearly a 40% increase in property and violent crimes in the city compared with the five-year average. So what is common property crime that is seen here in the city of Winnipeg?
1: There's a series of different property crimes. I would like to start with what I would consider the most significant, and that is a crime committed within your personal residence. I'm a big believer that that is your Kingdom and you should feel safe in that. But, you know, when you go to work and you come home and you find your rear door kicked in and you, some of your personal valuables stolen, that is a very serious incident. And in fact, the Criminal Code of Canada says that someone that's convicted of a break and enter could face life in prison. That's how significant it is. That never actually happens, sadly, but that's the truth of the matter. And, you know, it's just, it's it's our domain and it's just a very, very intrusive crime so we start with that. There's break enters to your garage. There's breaking enters to your sheds on your property where sadly we're seeing people's barbecues stolen, their bikes stolen, just lawnmowers, any type of personal property that can be quickly sold on the black market to make money. And I think we need to back up a step and say, well, why is this crime happening? Well, because I have such an extensive uh, background in illicit drugs and organized crime and guns and gangs and all that stuff. What's fueling all this property crime is people needing to sustain their habits and their addictions. So they're coming to these neighborhoods because they know they can uh, get this valuable piece of property, take it to uh, underground market, sell it, get the money, and then buy their next hit of whatever illicit drug they may choose. There's other crimes where are very annoying is where people are just randomly and arbitrarily smashing people's car windows out. Sometimes this seal change Uh, or small goods that are left in. And, you know, sadly, people still choose to leave their laptops on their passenger seat of their front car. And it's about educating people that that's not a good idea to do that. But some people just randomly do it to commit damage. We arrested an individual, uh, not quite year to date, but I think we charged him with about 135 to 150 mischiefs where he was just arbitrarily going through River Heights and and a few other small areas in the city, just smashing out car windows for no real reason. Well, when it's 30 below out, you gotta go to work at six in the morning. You come out and you feel your window smash or you see your window smashed out. What a terrible sick feeling. Who do I call? What do I do? And we all know the service systems right now, sadly, they're all overwhelmed. You just can't pick up the phone and call someone. And so now you're in this big gridlock, but at the end of the day, you just need to get to work. And you got to get your family going and you got to get your kids to go to school. And all these great things that we love in life has been disrupted all because one individual had this thought that they can just run around. Breaking people's windows. And I'm here to tell you, you can't. Because we just proved that we caught this individual. We charged him. And we brought him before the courts. And it's going to be up to the courts to determine what is an appropriate sentence for that. And I could tell you, there was a lot of upset people. And it took us a while to catch him. Because it was all random times. Day, night, evenings. And it's it's challenging because of the area. It's so huge. It's like over 200 square kilometers west. Like, we might as well be like the RCMP. Because literally, that is how large your jurisdiction is. Um, and we don't have a huge abundance of resort of, of officers working in this area either. So it's not like uh, there's a police officer in every corner. It's not that simple. Plus we have the demands of the queue, right? People are calling nine one one. We took what 640,000 calls came into our communication center last year. Do the math. That's like 1500 plus a day. In addition to damage, there's, there's also frauds that happen when they steal us stuff. So now they steal your credit cards. Now they're running to stores. They're racking all up, that up stuff and just small thefts. So, it's really just a culmination of a lot of annoying things, and I I do separate the break into residential, separate from these others because to me that's cross that's completely crossing the line. The other ones intolerable, a real pain, but not to the degree of breaking into someone's residence. Um, I really take offense to that, and I will do everything and anything in my power to make sure that we can stop those individuals from doing that because that's the least people deserve when they come home at the end of the day to have a safe place to to raise their families and feel safe in their own home.
0: Now, I know that you mentioned a majority of the property crime in the city is happening in the River Heights area. I think the common misconception that a lot of people have is at least it's not happening in my neighborhood. I feel like over the past couple of years, that there's been a spike in that type of crime in every part of the city.
1: This is not exclusive to just River Heights. There's property crime throughout the entirety of the city of Winnipeg. Uh, my main responsibility is West District. So this is for my area, this is kind of the, the highest crime area for property crime. So that's why we're giving it the most attention. But we also have to pay attention to Fort Gary. And uh, the Osborne Village area is also quite uh, tied into this. You know, we get a lot of property crime there. And, you know, the Southwest Quadrant, thankfully, it's, it's not as, as high, but it does exist. And I always say that these crimes are often a crime of opportunity. And what I mean by that is that someone could be going by on their bike or they could be driving by in a car and someone has inadvertently left their garage door open. And there is your $2,000 mountain bike. Well, that individual is like, thank you very much. They stopped their vehicle, they throw the bike in it and they're gone. And those are all measures that we're trying to educate the public on is if you just can follow some of these simple things that you can do in your yard, you know, by keeping your doors Uh, lock, make sure your windows are secure, you know, have good lighting to light up your yard so you can see, you know, make sure your personal things like your wallet, your money, all those things are not visible in your vehicle, like your cell phones and electronics. There's just so many things that people, you know, they just don't think, well, or it's not going to happen to me. But then it does end up happening to them, right? I think we all can say that in life. Oh, that's never going to happen to me. And it does happen to us. So that's why the stats are the way the stats are.
0: Let's talk about the public perception of the police, which has seen a shift and a decline in trust with the police over the past couple of years. Can you speak on what it's been like from your perspective?
1: Well, I think I would like to start off by answering that question with this to say that it is just so unfortunate that it has come to this, that you can't trust the police. Um, so I grew up, you know, in a good family and a good home. And I was always taught that the police are there for you when you truly need help or when something horrible has happened. And I can tell you from my experience as a 29-year member, and I will say the majority of officers, and I mean the majority, where we all are just like everyone else. We get up in the morning, we put our pants on, just like everyone else, we go to work. But the reason we come to work is to help the public. And because of some unfortunate Incidents that, that have occurred, not only in Canada, but the United States and abroad, uh, there has been this rebellious uh, response to uh, some unfortunate outcomes by police. And I'm the first person to say that if police are wrongdoing, they need to be held accountable for that. And there's no doubt that there has been wrongdoing in some situation, but that's not the majority of us. And I feel we've all been painted with the same brush. We're not all like that. The majority of us still show up every single day wanting to help the citizens of Winnipeg. We put ourselves in danger to do that. We do everything in our power. And I can tell you, the people that I work with here are fantastic. You know, they have kids, they have parents, they truly want to help the public. And it's just very frustrating. and, And it can be upsetting to hear the media portraying these incidents that are so few and far between. And it's it's really a very small percentage of people, I believe, don't support the police. It's just they're the ones whose voices we're hearing. And that's what the media wants to portray because that's what sells papers. That's what sells media. We want to hear the, the, the greasy stuff. We don't want to hear the facts. But I get repetitive e- emails, letters, phone calls saying, thank you so much for the work you do especially in when people are in, in tough situations or a family member has passed away and our police members are, I get those uh, letters and, and responses that are just so positive about how compassionate our officers were and how they helped the family through such difficult times. So it's a very small minority that are, that are making noise. I think it's shifting in a more positive light than it was. I, I truly do believe that. And I, particularly in the United States, I think it's starting to come back. But It's been an unfortunate time. And when you add COVID in, that only compounded things because we weren't able to have that face-to-face with people.
0: Where can we start to repair that relationship between the public and the police?
1: Uh, You know, we used to hold a a lot of different community forums where we go into a particular neighbourhood, we invite the residents who wish to come. And I personally have done this many, many times. And you can ask me any question you want. And it's that face-to-face contact. It also goes further in that with our officers every time they go to a call they need to take the time to really listen and understand what the person's problem is and to be empathetic towards their concern um, really listen and and take the appropriate appropriate action but it's that face-to-face time that i truly believe the human side of it you know i think sadly like everything in this world it's the involvement of less and less human interaction. I mean, you and I are having this discussion right now in Zoom where back in the day, we would have arranged to do this in person. And that's no disrespect to how this has been set up, but it's just just a, yet another layer of disconnect. Because when you got to look someone in the face and tell them something versus doing it even over the computer or you saw what social media has done to the world and, and you know particularly around with our youth, it's just too easy to type something and hide behind it. But when I got to look you in the eye, I'm not so quick to be so brave or to say something so inappropriate because you see the you see the person you just see the phone when you're texting stuff. And it's I'm thankful I'm not a teenager right now because I think there's a it's a tough road being a young person navigating uh, that world.
0: As a board member with Winnipeg Crime Stoppers, I would like to know what your experience has been like with the program over the years as a police officer.
1: Well, I have worked alongside Crime Stoppers really my my whole career, and I am a very big proponent of it. I think it's a fantastic program for so many reasons. Uh, as you know, there's uh, retired WPS members that currently work uh, who I have nothing but the utmost respect for, and I think the value add that they bring from the years of policing is you can't put a price to that. You can't measure that. It's just it's invaluable. So what I like about the program is is that you can remain anonymous. I think a lot of people are scared to contact the police because they fear retribution. And because, again, of my background in organized crime, this is what we always were up against in the the neighborhoods that had higher than normal serious violent crime. I felt that people were scared to come forward. But the reality is, is those people are the ones that knew the answers to solve these crimes. So that's why I, when I did all of these, Uh, community forums always had community or had crime stoppers as my partner there because I wanted it to be very clear. Hey, listen, you don't need to tell me anything. You can go to this great organization that has great civilian and former police officers and has been around for so many years and proven itself. And not only can you give us the information we need, we're going to actually actually pay you to do that. If it all works out per the policy of, of crime stoppers to what that would equate to. And I just think it's such a golden opportunity for Crime Stoppers to work in conjunction with the community. It's reputable. It's across the country. And it's just, it's just a fantastic program. And I and I can't say enough about it. And you know, I wanted to work in conjunction for Project Reclaim. If people are too scared to call the police, but you know that it's this individual or group of individuals that are committing these crimes, please call them. So it's just another layer, I guess, of the total package. You know, policing is not its not one dimensional. You have to have a 360 view if you want to solve crime. And so it's just another layer and another, another angle to try and get the end result.
0: Thanks for listening. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow. Crime Stoppers is an anonymous way to provide police with information about a crime or potential crime that you have knowledge of. You never have to reveal your identity. And the best part, if your tip leads to an arrest, we pay you a cash reward. You can submit a tip by calling 1-800-222-TIPS or send an anonymous tip online on our website, winnipegcrimestoppers.com. Until next time, my name is Shalinda Kirby, and remember, see something, say something.